Hey, you guys, just want to let you know we have an amazing show called The Game Changer Show each and every single Wednesday at 6 p.m. GMT, where we interview uh, entrepreneurs, athletes alike. Uh, it gives people uh, an, op- an opportunity to listen to people's story, how they made some, how they've kind of uh, really turned their business around. Uh, it's fun. It's thought provoking. It's an opportunity to ask questions uh, and it's interactive. So if you want to come uh, and hang out with some cool people, uh, 6 p.m. PM, please go to uh, youtube.com forward slash sleeve forward slash Adam Strong. Uh, subscribe and click on the bell, and we'll see you there on Wednesday at 6 p.m. GMT. Cheers. Take care. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today we are on the show with a really distinct, I call him a distinguished gentleman. His name is called Reggie Batts. I've known Reggie for the best part of around six or seven years. I first met Reggie actually, and I was just kind of enthused by his energy and his aura of happiness. And I I was magnetized by this, I suppose, sheer energy in the room. And I just love it because he's one of the very first speakers. When you go to an event, He is the person that you're kind of magnetized towards and you really kind of get that real high energy when you go to an event. So that's how I know Reggie. Now, Reggie is also for a decade is, I suppose, a a top performance, peak performance strategist and a motivational speaker. He's actually worked for the Tony Robbins um, organization and done that for over 10 years. Uh, Reggie uh, has also spoken over 50 different countries around the world and has basically created a blueprint for entrepreneurs to help them to become more successful using the principles of mindset. Uh, he's an investor in business and property, and, and he's, the, he's also an author and also a podcast host, and he's got a podcast called Mindset for Success. So you guys got to make sure you check that out. So listen, without further ado, Mr. Reggie Burt. Woo! Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here today. Great to have you on the show, man. It, honestly, I think it's been quite a while since we last connected. But listen, I remember you, you know, even back in kind of the first times when I really kind of, I suppose, got into really got heavy in the personal development world of really learning stuff. And, you know, and I just remember that energy and enthusiasm. And I just thought, hey, man, I just need to reach out to you and just find out what, what, what's hanging, what are you doing? So, um, but listen, I'm intrigued because, I mean, we know each other, but we don't know each other on a, on a deep level. I'd love to know more about, you know, before you got involved in with the Tony Robbins organization, right? What was, what was your life like and how did the opportunity arise? Well, firstly, I, I thank you so much again for having me on your show. Um, I love it. Well, I was 21 years old when I met Tony Robbins. I was literally 21 years old and I was fresh out of college, fresh out of university. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. The peer group that I had, they just, you know, great people, but not achievers or overachievers, if you will. Be very careful with my words. So I was up at about three o'clock in the morning and I had, and on top of it all, um, I had just had an appendectomy. 
my, my appendix was really close to rupturing. <laughs> so I had a lot of time on my hands and I was in my room. I was about two o'clock in the morning, I'm watching TV and I see this guy on TV and I felt like he was talking directly to me. And it was actually Tony Robbins. And I remember my parents told me that I could pretty much live anywhere in the country. They would support me for six months because they were moving from Los Angeles where I was born and raised. They were moving to San Diego. Right. And I made the decision that wherever Tony Robbins was, because I felt he was speaking directly to me. I felt like I had a connection with him, although I never met him. Um, I said, wherever he is, whatever state he's in, that's where I'm going to go. Wherever city he's in, that's where I'm going to go. Um, so I called their offices and I found out that Tony Robbins was located in San Diego. That's where my parents moved, were moving. So I moved in with them. And two months later, I was in the organization. I kept writing letters. I kept going there every day. I would wait by his car uh, every day. And I knew it was this car because it was a black Bentley and it said Firewalker on the license plate. So I did what I could. I did what I could to get my foot in the door and uh, made it happen. Very and cool. the rest is, and you know, I was with them for uh, over a decade, over 10 years. And uh, I sat on the senior management team. I managed a pretty large department. Mm. What, do, what do you think Tony saw in you that you didn't see in others? Well, I don't think it was just Tony. I think it was, you know, the organization because I was in the organization before I met Tony. Right. He wasn't the one who brought me in. He was the, uh, the, the inspiration that brought me in. And uh, I, th I think what they saw, I think they saw a kid who was hungry. You know, I told mm -hmm. them I would sweep the floors. I just wanted to be in that environment. And quite frankly, I didn't even know what I was interviewing for. I, I really didn't. I just wanted to be in that environment. And I stressed that a lot. And it's so funny because they hired me and I had no clue what I was doing. And when I started doing, I started setting appointments for the field sales reps. I was calling Fortune 500 companies and I just really worked my way through the organization until I made it to the senior management team. So what I liked about the organization is that they brought people in and they promoted people, not based on where they were, but based on where they thought they would end up. And uh, I think that was a good philosophy that they had in the organization. Excellent. And, and I, I guess it kind of matches your values as well in, in a way, doesn't it? And, you know, if Absolutely. you're mag... You know, because because I think, you know, it's what's really important, especially when you're young, you know, you make a lot of mistakes, don't you? And 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 if you're if you are attracted by a certain, I don't know, light bulb moment or I, I guess, you know, you go back to I mean, you're a smart guy. You know, you are pretty smart. You grew up pretty quickly at the age of 21. I know that many 21 year olds, they're bumming around. Right. I mean, they're they're wasting their life away, maybe in a Right. dead-end job or whatever it is but I guess you made that realization pretty early on so I guess you got to be pretty yeah. thankful for that right well I think when you're young you can take a lot of risk I think you can take a lot of risk when you're older as well but I think you can take more risk when you're young mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I didn't know you know and, and we hear that all the time and at, pretty much I was an I had a mindset of an employee not the mindset of an entrepreneur and I slowly gained the mindset of an entrepreneur and I was an entrepreneur within Tony's companies because he was also launching new companies under the Tony Robbins brand, which I helped launch. Mm. And it really, um, you know, the people, the executive team that I used to work with, they used to tell me all the time, make decisions like you are the owner of this organization mm. or like you are a partner in this organization. And that's what really gave me the entrepreneur mindset. And since then, I've just been fascinated by successful people, not by their success, but on the journey it took for them to get there, you know, what, what, it, what did it take to, to, get, to get from here to here? What did they have to do to close the gap between where they were and where they wanted to be? And that's what I'm really, really fascinated by, especially those stories of individuals who came from nothing or came from humble beginnings, mm -hmm. and they really make it to where it is they want to be. 
You know, some people have it easy and, and that's not a problem. It's, and some people have it a lot tougher. And you just have to work hard. But I think that we all have, no matter who we are, where we're from, what color we are, what our religion is, none of that matters. What matters is what are you going to do? Because we all have an equal chance of crossing that goal line. Love it. Very good. Good perspective. I know that you do a lot of speaking, maybe vir more virtually now than you ever have done. <laughs> but when it comes to performing on stage, now I know I, I know this from experience because I've been there with you. But how do you feel when you go on the stage? And and what is your goal? What is your goal for your audience as such? You know, is there anything that you have in mind before you go up on the stage? Well, what I have in mind, my, my, my goal is, you know, how can I, if I could reach one person, it's totally worth my time to be there, even if I have to fly 12 hours to get there. If I could, <laughs> if I could move that one person, that's what counts. My goal is to connect with the audience. My goal is to get the audience to trust me. And you have a very short period of time to do that. And I think that I've been able to sustain the coaching and, and the speaking that I have because I've never betrayed that trust with the audience. I've never betrayed that trust with the people that I'm coaching. And therefore people tell me anything. I, I meet people on the plane and they tell me things they, they haven't told anyone in their families before, you know, because I have a way of really connecting with people. And I'm not sure if that's something that you can learn or if it's just part of the DNA. Um, but, you know, and you use it for good or you can use it for evil. And some people use it for evil, right? Some right. people use it for bad things. But I think, you know, the more you use it for good, like I do, um, the more connection you have with people and you never know who you're going to meet. You never know what you can do for, you know, in their life and their business and vice versa. So it's all about building relationships and nurturing those relationships, not for anything that you can get from the relationship, but what you can give. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I so agree with what you're saying. I remember uh, when, when we did a few of the virtual, a couple of virtual summits that we did this week, uh, this, this year, and Bob Berg, who you will know, he wrote a, a great book called The Go-Giver. And, you know, right. he talks about the importance of serve without expectation and you shall receive, right. you know, and we're kind of in this arena of the more that you serve is the more that you get back in life, whether it be, you know, and, and yeah. you're probably a big believer of this, of the whole kind of power of the universe, right? without being kind of woo-wooing. I mean, you've probably studied this kind of stuff hanging around with all these guys. What do you think? Well, you know, it, it, it's, it's true, you know, and imagine if we all had that philosophy in business, how businesses would flourish. You know, imagine if salespeople, you know, when I'm coaching salespeople, I tell them, don't focus on how much money you're going to get out of the person. Focus on making sure that you're going to give them value to meet their specific needs. The money mm -hmm. will always follow. If you chase the money, you'll never get it. You know, chase the experience and you chase you know, and, and you make sure that you give people massive value, the money will always follow, I promise you. Um, and, and that's the way you, and, 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 and that's sustainable. If you do it the other way, it's not sustainable. Short term, it might work, but long term, it's, it's not going to work. And yet we live in a society where people are so skeptical anyway, you know, people are always looking for a reason not to engage with you. And um, a lot of us are giving people those reasons. So yeah. I'm consciously aware of all of those things when I'm meeting people and communicating with people and whatever the case may be, doing business with people, all of those things, I'm consciously aware of all those things. Mm. Now, you've been in 50 plus countries from around the world, right? You've met a lot of people from different cultures, from uh, different ages, different industries. I mean, it's really diverse in, in its sheer. Are there any common patterns that you had found in, I suppose, the mindset space and the reasons why people aren't as successful as they could potentially be 
uh, were there any common patterns that you picked up in your conversations and meeting with all these people? Well, not just on the mindset side, but also on the business side, being an entrepreneur, right. the problems are all the same. And I struggled with that at first because, you know, when I, when, when I first started going to other countries, I said to myself, oh my goodness, you know, the, the culture is so different. Maybe they have different issues, but no, whether you're in Africa or Asia or any place in Europe or America, wherever you are, um, it's the same problem. You know, when it comes to mindset, it's always fear. You know, I'm not good enough, you know, and just all those limiting beliefs that, that we, we come up with, you know, I had a lot of them. I had a ton of limiting beliefs and in business it's, you know, it's, it's usually the lack of branding and, and, and all of that, but I'm working on their mindset before we're working on the business, because I believe that once you have the mindset, right. And if you can transition from an employee mindset to an entrepreneur mindset, you're going to, you're definitely going to succeed. I know a lot of entrepreneurs who are running their businesses unsuccessfully because they have the mindset of a, of an employee. So I think that's very important. You know, it's interesting because you mentioned about your experience in working with the Tony Robbins organization as an employee. Now I'm a big believer in entrepreneurship, right? Rather than entrepreneurship. Yeah. Have you yeah. found now you must've, you probably firsthand experience from this. There are probably a lot of entrepreneurial skills that you had developed what did you find, especially with maybe some of our listeners that are maybe trans making that transitional phase from the employee or the entrepreneurial stages into entrepreneurial stage? Any advice of people making that transition? And what did you find in your in your journey? Well, it's just part of your decision making process. You know, I, I was I've been always I've always been trained since the age of 21. You never present a problem unless you can accompany it with two solutions, right? <laughs> Most people don't do that. You know, in my office, I would tell my people, you know, before you come to my, you're welcome to come into my office anytime, but I always want you to have a solution to whatever problem you bring my way. Entrepreneurs do that because mm -hmm. entrepreneurs are, are problem solvers. As you know, the people who make the most money in this world are the people who are solving the biggest problems. True. So I train my people, I coach my people to be problem solvers. And, and, and a lot of times, employees are in an environment where they can't be entrepreneurs. They get in trouble for being entrepreneurs. And, but that was an environment where they really, where they strongly encouraged it. And I think a lot of companies are doing that now because you, you know, you're, you're basically teaching people to make their own decisions as long as they reach the same outcome in the company. And as long as, as long as they do it with the highest integrity. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's one of the yeah, that's true. Uh, now I was going to actually say to you, cause I know that you, work very much in the, in, you know, you do a lot of stuff on mindset and, and, you know, mindset, just such a broad term, isn't it, Reggie, you know, it when, really you know, it's, it's, it's such a minefield and we, and, we, and you know, and so, there's so much talk about, oh, you need to have the mindset, you need to have mindset and whatever it is. But let me ask yeah. you a, a really interesting question here from your perspective, what is a mindset? Number one, and number two, how does one get good and how, in fact, no, let's ask the first question first. What is a mindset to you? The mindset to me is what literally controls every decision that you make, every feeling that you have, mm -hmm. every result that you get, every failure that you get, literally, right? So in a nutshell, your mindset is how you interpret everything that's going on in your life, your decision-making making process, all of that. How do you make it better? You make it better by putting yourself in an environment that's conducive to that 
you know, to whatever it is you're trying to achieve. You know, if you want to become a successful person and if you're hanging around, hanging out with people who are not successful, um, it's probably not going to happen. You know, I learned that the best way to the best way to become who you want to become is to align yourself with the people who are doing it. But right. the key is to align yourself with the people who are doing it successfully, because there's a lot of business owners that I talk to. They're receiving advice from people who either don't own a business or they're taking advice from people who own a business, but their business is not doing as great as the person that they're trying to give the advice to. I agree. So you have to sit on, you have to sit on the shoulders of superstars and, and the movers and the shakers, you know, I, and that's why I, you know, when I wrote my book mindset for success, it's not because I'm so smart. It's because I've, I, I've interviewed and, and, and aligned myself with so many people who are wildly successful and they all have the same disciplines. You know, they wake up, I want to know what time they wake up. What are they reading? What do they watch on TV? What networking groups do they go to? What are they wearing? You know, mm. how do they present themselves? And I did all of those things. And one of my mentors at Tony Robbins, someone who I'm very close to, his name is Michael. Um, I wanted to be like him. He was my mentor at the organization. I sat with him in negotiations and he really, the more time I spent with him, the higher my confidence level went up. Right. And that's what we have to do. You know, we have to really align ourselves with people who are doing the things that we aspire to do. That's so easy. And it's something that we've been hearing all of our lives. But think about, you know, parents. And, you know, if you see your, your, your children, mm -hmm. you know, playing or whatever outside, and if they're playing with the kids who are considered the bad kids, what, what are you going to do as a parent? You're going to make sure that doesn't happen because you <laughs> want the kids to be kids, right? True. Well, the same thing happens you know who you align yourself with who you become and you know that as well as i do that's a good point okay that's a that's a really good thing um you mentioned about mentors and is a really interesting point and i love the fact that you mentioned about the fact that you had a mentor in in the tony robbins organization did you feel and, and this is a really interesting question can we become too reliable on a mentor and because you know from my perspective is that sometimes we want to become like our mentor, right? We want to emulate and we want to not copy them, but we want to kind of live in the shoes of our mentor. But can that be a burden on our success? Number one, but number two, does it also, is there a downfall to that? Because it's a bit like, you know, like if you take a baby or a child, right? And, and it's a bit like kind of in the separation stages of when a, when a, when a child, a young toddler, and they go to kindergarten, right? And it's like, oh, mommy, daddy, I don't want you to let me go. Oh, mommy, daddy, right? It's kind of that type of analogy, if you like. Is there a downfall to that? Yeah, there could be. I mean, some people are like that with their coach. Mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> their coach, and they, they, you know, their coach goes on vacation, and then when something happens that's not good, they, the coach gets the blame or whatever right. because they couldn't contact the person. But I, I, I think it is, there could be a downside. And, and, I, and that's a really good question. No one's ever asking that question. That's a great question. And there could be a downside to that. But you know what you have to do is you have to understand that that person is there as a leader. That person is there as an example in your life. And just using the metaphor, you know, they're going to help you to become a singer, but you don't have to sing the same song and you don't have to sing the same the song in the same key. Right. And I think that's where the that's where the difference is. And it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I struggled with that a little bit, not attaching myself to the person, but I wanted to be just like the person. And I was not myself anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so I, I became myself. I mean, I became myself and I just, you know, use that person as a mentor in my own life 
and just applied it to my own goals and, and my own actions. So I didn't have to do exactly what he did, but I, I had the same disciplines. I used the same disciplines, like, you know, waking up early, staying up late, right. you know, networking groups that he was going to and things like that. Okay, that's good. Because, I mean, habits and disciplines and routines, you know, it's good to, I suppose, see what successful people are doing, which is important. The other thought process that I had when you were just kind of talking, actually, was, I don't, I don't know if you've been kind of asked this question, but in terms of like, my thought process was, well, can our mentors and our coaches that we have in our lives, can they become idols? And is that relationship, can it become unhealthy? Do you know what I mean? It's like, so if I think of an idol as something that I really want to, I'd like to become maybe, maybe a pop star, maybe it'd be Britney, Sp Britney Spears, not that I want to be the next Britney Spears, of course, but you know what I mean, right? So I don't know. I don't know what your thought processes are around this, but um, it was just a really interesting yeah. thought. Well, I think people just want to be like their mentors. You know, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, you know, when you go to the gym and you hire a personal trainer, you know, you want to, you want to kind of look like the personal trainer, but you don't want to be the personal trainer because you have your own personality and everything. So um, I, I've never met anyone that was in that scenario that you're talking about. I've never been in that scenario, but I'm sure it happens. Mm. Um, but, but if you have a really good coach, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I absolutely agree. Because then you can it could be the behavior of the coach that makes that happen, you know, as well. So that's why you have to, you know, when you're coaching someone, you have to set the expectation in the beginning, not the middle, but the beginning. Uh, as with any relationship, you have to set the, you know, the expectation in the beginning so that everyone's clear on what the situation is and what the outcomes are going to be. Yeah, good point. Now, apart from, I suppose, having a really what I call a well-tuned engine or a well-conditioned mindset what other skills and attributes do you feel that a lot of entrepreneurs lack in and that they need to really focus on especially if they want to get more momentum more success or you know because it is success is very subjective from person to person right you know whether it be it doesn't really matter but what 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 do you feel is from your perspective skills and attributes that you do on a daily basis you mentioned a, some success habits and anything else do you want to kind of go a little bit deeper on that well success, success habits are, are pretty simple you know you, you heard the term you know small dis disciplines practice every day it's so true mm. uh, i wake up very early you know, one of the things one of the main transitions that i had to make with this whole COVID thing was how am i going to adapt you know, because I didn't have this super mindset in March of last year, because like everyone else, I was trying to figure out what was going on, how it was going to impact my life, how it was going to impact my family and all of that. Right. And there was some fear there as well as, as we all had, because, you know, we didn't know what was going on and we didn't know how long this was going to last. But I think the most important thing, you have to snap out of it and you have to, you know, a lot of us are always trying to, most of us are always trying to run away from something. And when we're trying to run away from something, it's usually something negative. But we have to get into the mindset of running towards something, right? right? Because if we're running towards something, that's a whole different ball game, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I think that one of the things that I did, you know, I started waking up early. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs say they don't have enough time. It's not that they don't have enough, you know, and I understand that because you have your, your spouse, you have your children, and, and you, you have the business, and some people have jobs on the side and all of that. I understand that. You have to make time. Because time is something that we all have that's equal. You know, yeah. Richard Branson has the same time that 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 we have. 
how come he can manage his time and he's doing more yet we can't manage ours it's just not logical right so i wake up at four o'clock every morning and i do the the exercise things so i can stay in shape because you know there's no wealth unless there's health um and i have two hours per day that i'm allocating to my 30, 60, and 90 day goals. Okay. And during that time, that is my time. That's Reggie time, right? Yeah. And I could selfishly use that time for anything that has to do with me and my personal goals. Because we have a lot of goals. And I think the reason why people fail at the goals, one of the reasons why is they don't have the right strategy. But let's, let's, let's just pretend like they do have the right strategy. They lack allocating time to make those goals a reality. And they set these arbitrary dates with no intelligence whatsoever and then they always fail. So when I don't set arbitrary dates, I work from the goal, I work my way back. I know exactly how much time it's gonna take. If I have to, if there's other people that I need to enroll in helping me make this goal a reality, I know not everyone is reliable, so I allocate more time for that, right? And two hours every day, early in the morning, I never have meetings, I'm never on the phone, I'm never on Facebook, social media. It's always allocating that time to my 30, 60, and 90 day goals. And I think that's one of the important things that we must do as entrepreneurs, um, but not just building the business. We also have to build ourselves. You know, a lot of people have wildly successful businesses, but their marriage is not great or they don't have a good relationship with their kids or they're not happy or they're not fulfilled. You have to make sure that every aspect of your life, whether it's your business, whether it's your finances, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your health, whether it's your religion, whatever the case may be, yeah. all of those things have to operate at a level 10 because if you lose one, you risk losing all. Really fascinating. I'm glad that you picked this up because, you know, I was actually reading and I think it was, I don't really read the newspaper that much. It was, I think it was on social media. I can't remember exactly. And they were telling, they were sharing stories, Reggie, right? Of either employees or entrepreneurs that had basically got so busy and they couldn't manage their time. They were complaining that they were basically just working their asses off, right? And like literally not living a life. And I'm thinking to right. myself, why would you showcase these people, right? When everyone has choices, right? That's what it's down to. What do you think? I totally agree. You know, I, I totally agree. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I, I agree 100%. Enough said. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just couldn't quite understand, you know, the fact that, you know, people are working 18 nowadays. I'm like, dude, you're working from home. You don't have to go into right. the office. You're saving all this time. You're making yourself busy and you're getting stressed and burnt out about it. I'm like, what is the matter with you people? Jesus. But I've also seen that a lot of those people who are working the 18 hours, you know, out of those 18 hours, how much of that time is actually real work? You know, how much of that time is really, you know, growing your business or focusing on the highest income producing activities of yes. your business? Are you doing stuff? Are you doing things in your business that are strategically going to take you from where you are to where, where it is you want to be? You know, mm -hmm. I tell people, don't, don't worry about the transactional stuff you know, during the day, work on those things, you know, that, that, that really need your very, very best, you know, in the morning. That's really, really important. And, 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 and just, and I plan everything that I do every night before I go to bed, I look at my schedule, my assistant plugs different things in my schedule. Um, his, I pay my assistant to, for one reason, I pay my assistant to um, make sure that I'm keeping every commitment that I make, not only to myself, but also to my clients. It's very, very important. Love it. So, and we have, you know, if I, if I wanted to cancel this, let's suppose 
I was lazy and I didn't want to do this interview today. And if I called my assistant and said, hey, can you just make up an excuse and you know reschedule it? He'll send me, nope, you're committed, you're going to do it. <laughs> right? T Tony, we like you. We like you, whoever you are. Is it Tony, your yeah. assistant? Yeah. And, and it makes you know it makes me mad sometimes, but you know what? I'm getting so much done, and, and I'm so conditioned, and I, because I'm, I'm laser focused on the outcome, that and that's the key. Now, do I still, you know, if, if if I set out 20 things to do on my calendar, and if I'm only doing 17, I'm still happy because there's some things that happen in the in the day that are out of your control, and I'm not going to beat myself up for those things. You have to allocate time for that as well. Mm. So, but I'm getting far more done than if I didn't plan like I'm like I'm planning. And anyway, you're saving a hell of, you're probably saving 70% of your time from not traveling. So you should, you have no excuses. Yeah, because the travel <laughs> was taking up so much time. I mean, I would travel, we would travel, you know, to like Dubai, stay there for 18 hours and then leave <laughs> and go someplace else. And most of our time was really spent uh, in the air. And you're right, I don't, I don't have that challenge now. And that's why, um, I've been doing a lot of webinars. I've been doing a lot of speaking engagements online. And, and if I woke up tomorrow morning and found out this whole pandemic was just a dream, I would pivot my business and everything that I'm doing the way that I'm doing it right now. Fantastic. Because, uh, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Interestingly enough, you know, I actually had a, it's interesting. So I've had a couple of conversations with, um, interesting. So we were talking about Clubhouse offline the other day, right? And Clubhouse is great. It's the audio only app if for you guys that if you don't know what Clubhouse is, it's on uh, iOS. And, you know, it's a great platform because you get to really build great connections with people on there. I am, I'm not the type of person that spends 12, 14 hour days on Clubhouse. You just don't get anything done, right? <laughs> um, and, and, and like you, you know, I'd like to make sure that I'm disciplined. I put time aside because otherwise you're just going to get sucked into this hole. So one of the conversations that came up was, especially for like entrepreneurs, and you brought it up, is that these people would just continue to work like dogs, right? And they sa sacrifice their relationships. So what they probably don't know is that, hey, guess what? Your relationship with your other half is probably on the uh, Canadian Rocky Mountains right now. And, and you're, you're going to be filed for divorce next week if you're not careful. Um, right. Any. Right. Any advice for people that are, uh, find it particularly difficult to, I suppose, come away from, you know, the 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 work that they're so committed to? Because I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I know that there's a lot of people going through that right now, and I just love to kind of get your get your point of view on that. Well, first, that's a great question. First of all, I think that um, I don't think I know. In the, in the beginning stages, in the infancy stages of your business, you're going to have to make those sacrifices. Got you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to spend time away from your family. Um, I, I, I sound like a broken record when I say this, but I say this all the time. I say this all the time. Having a business is like having a baby, right? And when you have a baby, you know, you have a newborn baby, you're going to spend so much time with that baby. That baby is going to take you away from your family. So is the business. The baby's going to wake you up in the middle of the night, supposed the business. As much as you love the baby, that baby's going to make you mad every once in a while, so is the business, right? That baby's going to make you think, maybe I'm not a great father after all, so is the business. Maybe I'm not a great entrepreneur after all. But you don't throw the baby out. You hang on to the baby, you keep the baby, right? And the baby's going to grow. And as the baby grows, 
the more the baby grows, the less the baby needs you. The more the business grows, the less the business is going to need you. And that the baby goes through various stages. The business goes through various stages. And eventually, the baby is not going to need you at all. And that's how the business is as well. So there's, there's stages where you have to, especially in the beginning, where you have to invest a lot of time. You have to be away from your spouse. And I, I call it, you know, you can either, I tell entrepreneurs all the time, you can play now and pay later or pay now and play later. Love it. That's a, that's a great now, metaphor. Yeah. Now, if you're years into the business and nothing's happening and you're still doing that, then there's, there's an issue. There's a problem, mm -hmm. you know, and that's not going to only help, you know, that's not going to only destroy your relationships. It's going to destroy, you know, you're going to destroy yourself, you know, and, and your mm -hmm. mindset and, and, and all of that. You're just going to get burnt out. Mm -hmm. And the entrepreneurs who do get burnt out, that's the road they're traveling. That's a good point that you make there. Here's an interesting question here, Reggie. And, you know, and I'm going to use, again, I'll use a metaphor here, right? You've got someone that really is what I call the present entrepreneur, but there's an entrepreneur that wants to go here. So there's the, say, the outcome or the result or the desire. I'm going to say the desire, right? So you've got present time and the desire. And then, then in between the middle, there is what I call, I call it a bridging gap, right? A bridging gap, but... Mm -hmm that takes them where, where is it that they are right now? Where, where is it so they want to go? What would you say from your perspective? How do you bridge that gap? Because I feel that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, right? They, they haven't quite mastered how to bridge that gap. And, and that's why they kind of stay still or they get stuck and they hit a load of a blimps or roadblocks along, along the journey and stuff like that. And they kind of give up any advice there. Well, I think that they have to do things totally different, you know, differently, because I think oftentimes as entrepreneurs, especially if you've been in business for a very long time, and you're used to doing things a certain way. Mm. Strategy is one thing that you have to change, but you also have to change the mindset of the strategy. As you know, it takes a whole different strategy and a whole different mindset to go from six figures to seven figures and seven figures to eight figures. Hell, it takes a different strategy and a different mindset to go from $100,000 to a to five hundred thousand dollars. Right. So we have to. I think one of the ways that I overcame it is I accepted the fact that I have to always step outside of my comfort zone. I have to always do things differently. By the way, even if you had a year last year that was wildly successful, you still have to do things differently this year in order to make this year better than last year. Right. Because even if you do what you did, even if you do exactly what you did last year, at best, at best you're going to get the same result. And most mm. people, a lot of people don't even get the same result. So you really have to do things differently. You have to step outside of your comfort zone. And, mm. and you know, I've had coaches have me do things that I thought was absolutely insane, you know, and, <laughs> and I didn't want to do them. And these are things that would bridge me from where I am to where I, to where I want it to be. Mm. But based on my view of the world, it was insane to do something like that. But based on their view of the world, it was the most logical thing to do because these are things they've done over and over again. I remember one of my coaches I had, one of the first things he wanted me to do, I had coaching clients who, were, who weren't paying me. And I was, 60% of my coaching clients were not paying me, right? So where was my focus? My focus was chasing, I was just chasing, uh, I was just chasing receivables. Now, the other 40% of the people who were paying me, and by the way, who were my best clients, I wasn't giving them any attention at all. 
So what my coach wanted me to do, he says, I want you to fire 60% of your clients. He wanted me to fire the people who weren't paying. That wasn't logical to me, right? I'm like, you're absolutely crazy. And he's like, they're not paying you anyway. And, and the likelihood of you collecting those, those revenues is slim to none. Right. So we got rid of those clients responsibly. And I was able to bring on seven additional clients, which was significantly less than 60%. And within three months, which far exceeded the revenue that I had with those other clients. Mm -hmm. That's something, that's not a decision I would have made on my own. That's not mm -hmm. the decision that I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. But my point in telling you that story and, and going back to your question is sometimes in business, in order for us to get from one place to another place, we have to do things differently. We have to make sure that we're getting the right advice to do those things differently in order to bridge ourselves from where we are to where we want to be. Very, very important. So, and sometimes we just don't understand what those things are. Even today, you know, my coach has me doing things that maybe I don't understand it, mm -hmm. but I have such a great track record of succeeding because of his advice that I just don't question it anymore. Love it. Very good. It's interesting. You mentioned about the fact uh, that you don't question it anymore. And uh, I was speaking with a really good, who's turned into a really good friend of mine, Reggie. He actually lives in San Diego. He lives in La Jolla. His name's Dr. Marshall Goldsmith. And then, you know, probably uh, Marshall Goldsmith, one of the most ex uh, successful executive coaches in the world. And, and, he, and, he, and he talked to me about a process of when he takes on clients, what he does is he says, one of the conditions and the expectations is that you must never argue with me. You should just agree with me and say, thank you, Marshall. And I was like, really? I was like, this is fascinating. It's similar to kind of how I operate and it's maybe how you kind of operate. But, but whenever a client argues with him, what he does is he finds his client 20 bucks. And I remember he was telling a story, Reggie. I'll just qu quickly tell you a quick story. He uh, was coaching a night. Well, he was coaching a billionaire CEO, and he was managing a Fortune 500 company. And they just made a donation to their charity. It was like I don't know something insane, like 750 million dollars. Made a donation to the charity, big big company. And then he had his coaching session the next day, and he started arguing with Marshall. And every time he, you know, called up on his BS, he would find him 20 bucks. And at the end of it, he said, right, you owe me 400 bucks. And he, and the client turned around and said, wow, that's expensive. And he goes, well, hang on a minute. This 400 bucks that you're being fined, we're going to be giving it to your charity. You just paid $750 million to them yesterday. What difference does it matter? He goes, the only difference does it matter is because you're losing. And people don't like losing, Right. Right. Interesting, right. right, Reggie? I don't know if you've ever come across that, but I found it fascinating. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, seriously. He's in La Jolla. Seriously, he's got like the best view of the bay. Um, and uh, I'll talk to you about uh, something offline, which I think I'm just so super pumped about. Marshall was on our last virtual summit. Such a great guy. Um, so wow. humble. He, he grew I up do in think yeah, go on. Going back to your point, I do think that um, I think you can question I, what I mean by question. Um, you know, if a coach says do X, Y, Z, sometimes I want to know why, because sometimes the why helps me to understand how he or she led to that decision, right? right. I think that's okay. But some people challenge their coach or 
you know, and, and they want to argue with, I've seen it so many times. I'm like, why are you doing this? This person's wildly successful doing the things that you want to do. And you're, you're not successful. And you're, you're, you're asking this person because obviously they're the authority. Mm-hmm. So I, so it, it just comes, you have to be coachable. And I think yeah. the people who do that, they're not coachable. But the difference is between having a discussion and an argument is completely different, you know, completely I think different. Completely way different. different. Yeah. And, and I think you, you, you pointed it out there 100%. Very good. You know, we're coming towards the end of our interview, but I have to ask this question. This is something that I just had to ask. What keeps yeah. you so positive and happy? I'm just so intrigued about, you know, when, you know, whenever we have our conversations, whenever I ever see you on the stage, like I see you with a smile. How the freak do you do that? <laughs> you know, it's a decision. It's a decision just like any other decision. And um, I'm, I'm really aware of, of what I say. I think words matter. I'm very aware of what I say and, and how I say it. And um, uh, I want to leave people with a great impression, you know, and that's been part of my brand for a very long time. And I, I mess up every once in a while because I'm not perfect. But I have a big belief that you know, with everything that happens in life and everything that happens in business, the good and the bad, we have to accept the fact that life happens uh, for us, not, you know, it doesn't happen to us, it happens for us. You know, life is a gift, it's not a curse. And what we make out of that is really up to us. And it's ultimately our own responsibility to determine our level of happiness. And, you know, we have to figure out how we can get out of the sadness or whatever. So I just like to be a light to other people. And it's a choice that we make. It takes far less energy to be in a good mood than it does to be in a bad mood. It takes far less energy to have a happy mindset as opposed to a sad mindset. And I think that's always, that's just been a part of me. And I align myself with really good people. I align myself with people who are doing the things that I aspire to do. I align myself with people who are also happy and, because I, like I said earlier, your environment has a lot to do with everything that you're doing. And this is the way you get results, yeah. right? This is the way you get results. And I see people like Oprah or Richard Branson or people at that level, um, they're kind of the same way, you know? It's like they're, they're regular, they have a high level of success, but they just seem very grounded, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and, and that's, that's where I like to be. So it's and- something that we can control. It's not hocus pocus. You don't need to get a coach on that. It's just make the decision, snap out of it and just make it happen and do whatever it takes. You know, it's interesting when you said that about the environment, because one of my mentors, he says, Adam, environment dictates performance. If you're in a bad environment, then you're going to perform badly, right? And normally Absolutely. people, and, and I, I, I so agree with it. It makes so kind of resonate with me. And it was like, bam, you know, and w- w- this is the reason why we ended up being here in, in, in the Mediterranean, because like what brings me energized and it helps me you know, gets my blood pumping full of really f- fresh oxygen and gets me out of bed really quickly. And, you know, it's about the environment that you're in, right? I mean, you're in sunny San Diego, you know, all year round sunshine. I mean, <laughs> you can ask for much more, right? Similar to me. So I absolutely agree. And now I don't know if your book has just come out, but tell us some more about your, your, is it your new book? Is that correct? Yeah, it's been out for, it's been out for about a, a, a year and a half, almost two years now. It's called The Mindset for Success. And it's really, it's, it's, it's really a book. It's a book. When I, when I wrote it, I said to myself, I want a 16-year-old and an 80-year-old to both perceive this. I mean, to, to both learn from it, right? So I wanted to make it an easy read, but I also wanted to put some substance in there. I, wanted, I interviewed a, a lot of people for the book. And it's just been my experiences from my time with Tony Robbins up until now. 
of, of, of what it takes to really be successful. And I've met a lot of successful people in my life. I had a lot of great mentors in my life who were very successful. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of coaches in my life who were very successful. And I noticed that they all have, they all do the same thing. They all have the same disciplines. Mm -hmm. um, there's not, there's no secret to success. Success is not easy to accomplish, but if you just do those simple disciplines, those small disciplines every day, you're going to get there. And success means something different to all of us. Like you said, it's, I mean, it's success to me is something totally different than it is for you. For me, it's freedom. I like freedom yeah. and I like doing what I want, when I want, how I want and who, with whom I want. And uh, that's what success is to me. Yeah. And, and so we my have... for it's and... really about developing uh, disciplines of successful people and how you can easily make that happen. Yeah. And, and I, and I totally agree with you with all of those things, because they are similar to that. That's probably one of the reasons why I had to get you up here on the show purely because we have similar values and, you know, and people that have similar values, you know, are, are not being funny. They're the ones that are generally the more successful people in life. They're the ones that have a good outlet, but it's not just about creating wealth. It's about, you know, about serving others. It's about uh, showing up, right. And, and living a happy life. That's kind of, to me, that makes sense, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's important to do that. And, and um, advertising bad news. I don't like advertising things that happen in my life that are bad, but why should I, you right. know, I don't want to put that energy in there. Um, so I, I just, you know, some people put things on, put their problems on Facebook and, you know, they get all this engagement because, you know, they're putting all this negative stuff out there. And, right. uh, and quite frankly, I think people like it because they're happy that it's them and it, it's happy. They're happy that it's you and not them, you know, <laughs> crazy. I mean, who wants drama? There's enough drama out there. I mean, come on, we've gone through so much drama anyway. Jesus. I, I don't um, watch TV too much. When you turn the TV on, it's all negativity. And uh, I wrote down all the things that, that are negative in my life. And I got rid of all those things. And I, my, my, I tell people, fire those people in your life that are negative. You know, it's, it's tough enough to achieve greatness with positive people in your life. It's yeah. nearly impossible with negative people in your life. Fire those people. You yeah. know, and I, don't, I know that sounds harsh, but achieving, you know, your goals and, and building a business and achieving greatness you know, it takes time to do that. And it takes discipline and it takes a good mindset and it takes mm -hmm. a lot of effort. And if you're in a cesspool of negativity, it's just not going to happen. Very cool. Listen, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. I think, uh, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of fun being here and having conversations with you. So I just want to say thanks very much. I'm glad I got the, the opportunity to connect with you again. I see all the great things that you're doing online and um, you just had, you know, the big event. I'm so sorry I couldn't be there but i have to get those teeth taken care of the wisdom teeth oh yeah i remember that that's all good but i'm sure there's going to be other opportunities 100 you know and uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely you know and we can explore that definitely so guys listen i hope that you've enjoyed today's show uh what i would endorse you to do is to connect with reggie by the way uh he is on instagram and any of the social media handles on the on the link below you can also check out reggie's book as well which is available i believe on amazon and all good uh booksellers and also check out reggie's uh podcast which i believe is mindset for success podcast make sure you go onto apple or on android whichever you decide to go on to so without further ado listen guys hope you've enjoyed today's show and uh and we'll see you back in again on the next game changers experience take care have a great day hey you guys i just want to say thank you so much 
for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.